Every day, Ameren, Illinois works to deliver reliable energy throughout the state to on-the-go families, in-the-know grandparents, and busy students. But did you know we also have ways to manage your energy? Paperless billing, outage notifications, pick a due date, auto pay, and so much more. So no matter who you are or how you use your energy, there's an option that's right for you. Learn more at AmerinIllinois.com slash options. Hey, welcome on into Lunch with Klaibs and Joe here on ClaibsOnline.com, powered by Amron, Illinois, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, and also sponsored by Ryan Kelly, the home loan experts. I'm Joe Roderick, joined alongside, as always, by Mike Claiborne. Klaibs, what's going on? How was your Christmas? It was a nice Quiet and safe. Uh, so it was good. No complaints. Got a chance to see just enough people. And uh, I'm ready for New Year's. Sounds uh, sounds <coughs> good to me. Uh, we are. What about uh, you? We are. We're up to our uh, neck in Legos right now, uh, which uh, is also it's, it's nice because not only has he just been quiet building Legos for the past two days, uh, he also has been off of uh, pretty much the TV and the Xbox and everything else. So. It, uh, it's it's done wonders to uh, to everything going on here at the house. Well, and the other three words, the most feared words for parents don't necessarily apply here during Christmas, and that's some assembly required. So you don't have to do that either. So you're good to go. Yeah, no, none of that last year. And, and looking at it too, what was it? It was 60-something degrees this year, Christmas mm-hmm. Eve, Christmas Day. Last year, it was freezing cold, and I spent all Christmas Eve in the garage putting together a basketball hoop. So mm. that, uh, yeah, none of that was necessary to do, uh, to do this year and okay. everything's been, uh, been good. He got himself a, a Harrison Bader Jersey and a Fernando Tatis Jr. Jersey. So he was, he was happy with both of those two, two good players to follow. And, uh, it's a nice hair on both of them as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, we had, uh, you know, it, it, I, I was talking to somebody this morning about just, you know, when, when prepping for this show today, Claves, that w- with the way the world of sports is going right now, it's been such a weird week this, yeah. uh, this past week, NFL has still managed to go off without any games missed last week. There was some shuffling around. We had football last week, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and this week, no games on Tuesday, but the league uh, week 16 will wrap up tonight. The NHL hasn't played since, what, the 21st? Yeah, it's uh, been a little bit of a challenge for them. NBA has had a couple of shutdowns as well. Um, I, I think the NFL can get away with it because they only have the one game a week. Uh, that's a little different than the other sports who, who play, you know, maybe twice, three times a week. So that that's where the biggest difference lies. Um, and everybody's kind of got some interesting uh, protocols with regard to what's a positive and the turnaround time and things of that nature. So um, NHL is going to try and hold on as long as they can. The NBA, now that they've got the uh, the Christmas game behind them, you know, we'll see what's going to happen with them. I, I don't think they want to, you know, cancel games. Obviously, nobody wants to. But, you know, we're getting to the point now we're going to start getting guys out of the pickup leagues. Uh, around the YMCA's and around the country because we're running out of players. There, I, there was a guy that was signed the other day. His name is Cat Barber. Never heard of him before, but his name was Cat uh, Barber. That's a new one for me. And, and then there, you know, I, Joe Johnson's out there getting signed to ten day contracts. Darren Collison got signed. 40, he been right? out of the game for two years. Collison was signed the other day. 
He's been out. Uh, he's 37 years old. He's been out of the game for two years. <laughs> I didn't see the Collison signing. Yeah. I did see J.R. Smith, who's golfing for a college team right now, is complaining that nobody's called him. Well, he's too busy golfing and going to class. Remember, he's at North Carolina A&T, and it's my understanding he made the dean's list in his first year, yeah. first semester, so good for him. But, you know, it's 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 something we've never seen before, and hopefully we never see again. Um, you know, these general managers have really had their feet to the fire on being able to find players and also find replacements for, for coaches as well. Uh, it just doesn't, just doesn't apply to to players. You know, we've seen some coaches have to go into the protocol. So, you know, hopefully we can get these next couple of weeks and things can kind of settle down a little bit and uh, we can kind of move forward. But let me ask you this question. If you're coaching the NFL, NBA or NHL, and your team isn't playing well, and maybe you would have been under the gun before the season started, how can somebody fire you now if you if you continue to lose so many players? I mean, if you're getting fired, it's inevitable it was going to happen one way or another. Uh, that's that's just kind of the way you look at it. I think it looks like in the NFL right now, the the person who's on the hottest seat is Matt Nagy of the Bears. I, yeah, I think. well, he should have gone. He should have never started the season. I, I he mean, shouldn't have made it this far in the I, season I two. Yeah, and even though they won yesterday, that's not going to matter for anything. You know, saving his job for for next year at all. But you look at, you know, situations like that. I know the NHL has had a few coaches step down, had a few coaches fired. Has there been any replacements in the NBA yet this year? No, no, well, no, Luke oh, Walton got it. Well, I was going to say Walton's yeah, the only Walton one. Got it. Um, but I, I think you may be, you, you have a good point. You know, some of these guys are going to get it anyway. Uh, but here's the thing in Chicago. Doesn't Ted Phillips go to? Ted, I mean, the general manager, I, yeah. Ryan Pace, Ryan Pace. Yeah, Ryan Pace. Doesn't he go to? He has to. This is so, is this his third coach that he's he's yeah. been a part of right now? And it hasn't worked at all. And some of the moves that they've made, you, they started Mike Glennon, or they threw it Nick Foles yeah. yesterday. They, they, you know, when you're down to him in a regular season game, Foles in the playoffs, that's fine. He'll, he'll win you games in the playoffs. But you have Nick Foles in a regular season game, that's just telling you just how bad things are. Yeah. Yeah, in the organization. So, just that he he definitely has to go. Whether I mean, you could keep Matt Nagy, but you definitely have to let go no, Ryan Pace. I, I think Nagy's got to go too. I, I think the the confidence that players and fans and just the whole media market has is low. Um, and I think at some point, business is business, and you got to move on. Uh, he's had too many opportunities. And, 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 of course, they've had some injuries as well. But it just didn't seem like a solid game plan, um, especially when you look at some of the moves that they make in-game, not let alone, you know, off the field as far as personnel decisions are concerned. You had a full slate of games yesterday after two on Saturday. So you had 49ers-Titans on uh, on Thursday. Then on Saturday, you had Colts-Cardinals, Packers-Browns. On Christmas Day, followed by uh, followed by all the games yesterday, some good games in in the NFL as we're getting closer and closer to the end of the season. Remember, eighteen weeks this year as opposed to the seventeen that we've had for so many years, and there were a few blowouts yesterday that were a little surprising. I, I think just because of the teams involved and 
the way at least one of those blowouts went, but you're finally starting to see some of these uh, teams punch their ticket to the playoffs for uh, spots, four divisions clinched yesterday in week 16. It, it was an interesting week because we've seen some teams kind of surrender already. You know, the Redskins were embarrassing last night. Uh, Pittsburgh didn't show up yesterday. And there were some other games that really kind of got out of hand. Uh, you know, the Carolina thing is a mess. So, you know, you got a lot of those situations where I think over the next couple of weeks, you're going to see some teams really get it handed to them. But you're also going to see some teams, I think, now that they've clinched a spot, maybe back off a little bit with some of their players and, and get them rest and keep them isolated. Uh, I, I think that's that may be a bigger challenge now than keeping a guy healthy is making sure he doesn't test positive. Because remember, it's a 10-day situation in the NFL. So let's say if a guy tests positive on you know the, the final week of the season, let's say he tests positive on Monday, guess what? He's out for the playoffs so or first round. So I, I think really the NFL and the teams have to really step back and figure out what is the best way to protect their players um, between now and postseason and in postseason because, you know, it, it just is just the risk is too high. There aren't enough good players and you just can't take guys off the street and expect them to perform in December and January. Right now, what's going to be the uh, for for some of those teams? Yeah, you kind of want to hide them, and I don't know how you how you go about doing. It. I mean, how are you going to tell Patrick Mahomes, "Hey, you, you know what? We're going to sit you, but you got to stay away from everybody because <clears throat> you know he he's got a wife, he's got a kid, he's got his dumbass brother out there running around doing stuff." So, how do you tell him to just kind of lock yourself in a room, which he might want to do? to stay away from his brother, but how do you do that to kind of avoid <laughs> well, any kind of exposure from the you outside? You know what? I, I think that they all have to think about, I think this goes to the families as well. Hey, we as a family have to probably, you know, shut down the, the borders here for a bit until we get through this. Um, now the challenge is not in, in his case, because he's got a baby, but some of those players who have kids who go back to school. I mean, there's just so many things that can, can go wrong. And because this current variant is is probably a little bit more contagious doesn't appear to have as much of a dis, di, dilipate, di, um yeah you know, it's not severe appear, it's, yeah. it's not severe uh compared to the delta but still in all a positive is a positive until they change up the rules or if they get more data to say okay you know what we we may be able to cope with this a little bit better for the people who are vaccinated for the people who aren't vaccinated and, and you know that's why i look at uh, Carson Wentz in, in Indianapolis, who elected not to be vaccinated. And, you know, there's so much riding on that team. And, you know, I think we ought to if he if he survives this, it, it'll be a real a, a testament to his dedication to not being in a position to be uh, contaminated. But, you know, it just it's a crapshoot right now. We just don't know. We just don't know enough. And it's going to be tough down the stretch, man, especially with people being more confined to being indoors. Yeah, and, and on top of that, I mean, the one seed right now in the NFC is Green Bay, and we all know the situation with Aaron Rodgers and his vaccinated status, his immunization status, if whatever he wants to call it. And then uh, on top of that, number two on that list is Dallas. I don't know if we're aware of what Dak Prescott's status is with that. If, if we're talking quarterbacks for some of these teams, because you remember back in the early stages of the season – 
Dak Prescott was asked and he refused to answer. Yeah. And I, I think at this point that ship is sailed, you know, either you are or you're not. And maybe you do it. Maybe you don't. I mean, some guys say, well, I need more information. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, we're getting information on a daily basis. Uh, so hopefully if you still feel that way, you, you've, you've uh, amassed enough information where you can make a more rational decision than maybe you would have uh, at the start of training camp. Uh, so, and, and with that too, this is the second year where seven teams from each conference are making the playoffs. So there is only one buy in that first round. And right now the chiefs have it by one game in the AFC and the Packers are leading by one game in the NFC. So, as we sit here and we talk about resting players and benching players, I mean, for some of these teams, that is really important as to whether or not they're going to be hosting that first game or get that first week just completely off. Because both, uh, I mean, in the AFC, you have the Colts and the Titans are both going for that first round by, or not not the first round by, they're hoping to host that first game in in the playoffs. And, and same can be said for Buffalo and New England, who have split now with their season series. It's going to be interesting because <clears throat> I was not a big proponent of expanding the playoffs because I don't think there are that many teams that are that good. I mean, we're going to have some teams that get in, and it'll be interesting to see how they face that first round because they're already playing for the playoff lives, okay? Anybody who gets in on the last day or is that last team that gets in, they've already been in playoff mode. Now the problem is it, it, it intensifies a little bit more but I just don't – I got to tell you, Joe, I don't think there are that many teams that are good in the NFL. And You know, we talked about this before. Who do we think are the good teams? And I think we name more bad teams than good teams. So there's going to be a bad team in postseason. And, you know, anything can happen. Other teams, guys, may be positive. Maybe there's an injury. But I don't see much hope for some of these teams who get in late. I, you have teams right now that are on, I mean, the, the Ravens right now on a four-game losing streak as their playoff hopes are, are starting to slip away. Cardinals on a three-game losing streak after they started off as the best team in the NFL. But then on the flip side, tonight, Monday Night Football, and it's the last game. We put eight on, the, uh, on our picks this week, but it's a good one tonight. Saints and Dolphins, where do you see this Dolphins team right now when you're talking about best teams in the in football on a six-game winning streak, starting off the year one and seven, and now have rattled off six straight to go to seven and seven? Well, I'm going to tip my cap to Brian Flores in keeping this thing together. Um, you know, the whole Tua conversation for uh, the quarterback from Houston it was a distraction. Uh, he had some guys that were really trying to just play better. And he stayed with some people. He made a couple changes. But you know what? He stayed with Tua. Let him know, hey, you're not going anywhere. Uh, and I think once the rest of the team realized that, you know, he's not a bad player, uh, they started to turn in the right direction and they focus on their opponent compared to the other distractions. Uh, they're a team that might make this quite interesting for somebody if they get in. Um, but, you know, you're right. But New Orleans, on the other hand, I mean, is there anybody left to play quarterback? Ian Book, the former yeah. Notre Dame quarterback, is uh, is there tonight, which is really good for somebody like me who needs twenty three points out of uh, Kamara. In, well, in he's going to get a chance tonight. He's <laughs> going to get a chance. You know, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, but New Orleans defense has played well, and that may keep him in it. But uh, these games obviously have so much impact. But in, normally, if this game was played in 
you know, let's say October, we probably wouldn't pay that much attention to it. But, you know, teams, you know, at this point in the year, they, they're, they're playing out – either they're playing out of desperation or they're playing for next year because we're going to see some teams start to quit here. Our picks this week, uh, we we put eight games on the uh, on the schedule. There were too many close games to to leave off any of them. So we had uh, Raiders Brown or yeah. Wait, let me let me scroll down here. I'm sorry, that was last week. We had 49ers, Titans, Browns, Packers, Colts, Cardinals, Ravens, Bengals, Rams, Vikings, Bills, Pats, Broncos, Raiders, and then tonight Dolphins and Saints and Claves. After seven games, you are six and one, and you have uh, climbed to the top of the standings with a comfortable two-game lead with uh, two weeks left? Well, I think I've told you this on multiple occasions this season that, you know, I was going to be here when it was late in the year. So I'm I'm not surprised uh, at my status at this point. Uh, I'm a little disappointed I haven't enhanced the lead, but you know what? We're going to turn it up a notch this week. Yeah, uh, Ben did not send in any of his picks this well, week. He forgot he's, to, uh, he's mailed it in anyway, so I yeah. mean, it doesn't, you know, he's going to get relegated to another league. That's he, he, and that's fine. But yeah, he, yeah, that's why he's sitting down there. We just might yeah. take him off the uh, the board, as yeah, you mentioned yeah. last week, like they do in Jeopardy. They just uh, we just might remove Ben's name from the list. Exactly for final Jeopardy. Week. Yeah, yeah. I think you may at be this, on something. At this point, we could probably add Matt Rocchio into these picks, and he could probably catch up with Ben in the final two weeks of uh, games. <laughs> so, from a winning percentage standpoint, you probably may have something there. <laughs> Hey, uh, speaking of Rocky O, uh, he and Rammer do a show every week, uh, two shows every week. We are going to talk a little hoops, which is what they cover here in just a bit when we come back and lunch with Klaibs and Joe. Hey, we are powered by Ameren, Illinois. And Klaibs, I know we have a lot planned for the folks out at Ameren, Illinois in 2022, as uh, you'll be doing a few videos with uh, with the president of Ameren, Illinois. Yeah, starting in 2022, you'll hear and see... Uh, Richard Mark uh, quite a bit talking a little bit about Ameren, what they've done, what they intend on doing and what the future looks like. Uh, so we, we're looking forward to those airing here starting in 2022. He's Mike Claiborne. I'm Joe Roderick. This is Lunch with Claibs and Joe back right after this. At St. Louis Acura, our customer focused approach keeps earning us more inventory. As others increase their fees and take advantage of limited inventory, we keep our prices low because we remain committed to becoming better than ever and treating you as we want to be treated. We want you coming back and sending your friends and family to a veteran-owned, family-based business you can trust. Blessings for a wonderful holiday season and a prosperous new year from our families to yours. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you. Back here, lunch with Claves and Joe, powered by Amron, Illinois, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, and sponsored by Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert. Claves, I'll, uh, I'm going to bring this up every week now for the uh, till the end of the football season. I meant to ask this before we took a break there, but we mentioned all those quarterbacks uh, that last segment, and I know sometimes you'll go off the board when it comes to this question, but who is your MVP in the NFL right now? That's a great question. Um you know what? I, I think it, it's probably for me, and I, this is a little – at Micah Parsons has done everything a player could do. Now, it's easy to give him rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, but the guy's a difference maker on every play. Uh, I Because I, you know, I like to go off the resume. It's too easy to give to a quarterback, okay? Uh, now, in fairness to quarterbacks this year, we haven't had a dominant runner other than Jonathan Taylor. And Jonathan Taylor is the reason why Carson Wentz is more upright this year. So it's either going to be Michael Parsons or Jonathan Taylor. 
That uh, I, I I wonder what kind of effect the early season stuff, uh, the mid season stuff with Aaron Rodgers will have on any of his voting. If any of the voters will hold that against him. Well, I think Aaron Rodgers kind of shot himself in the foot by the whole charade about the vaccination thing. And granted, you know, you can say, well, you know, we, you know, it, it was what it was. Yeah, it was, but you know what? He, and and it's more of a character issue than anything else. Plus, he missed a game, that, and that's I'm, what I'm I talking think, about, yeah. guys. I'm talking about guys that's been there every game, uh, and you know, obviously, this was his fault though, compared yeah. to the other guys. And this is Aaron Rodgers' fault. The other guys, if you miss a game because of injury, okay, I get it. But Aaron Rodgers owns this thing from the beginning to the end, so that's why I feel like. And you know, let's face it, Brady's having a hell of a year too. So it's not like Aaron Rodgers is on an island is the only good quarterback out there. So that's why I'm going to go to running back or Michael Parsons from the Dallas Cowboys. NBA-wise, we saw Christmas Day games. They went off without a hitch, and I know that was kind of in question midweek, but the NBA figured out a way to uh, to make it happen and give us five and uh, Christmas Day games. Uh, one thing I, I think a lot of uh, people noticed this past week, and I think it was the case last year too, they don't do the Christmas Day jerseys anymore. They don't have any kind of specialty jerseys. Uh, Probably a good them. idea. Probably a good idea because they were kind of hideous there for a while. Uh, I, all the jerseys are hideous right now. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm trying not to sound. I'm trying not to sound like a you know a grumpy old man that complains about everything. Like I leave that to Rammer on two man game. Yes, when it, yes. but. I I saw highlights the other day of a Spurs Lakers game, and I saw clearly on the bottom of the screen it said Spurs Lakers. Watching the game, I could not tell you who was what team. Just looking at yeah. their jerseys. Well, the All Star game is kind of like that too. You know when they change up jerseys. See, I, I just think that when you have uh, All Star game, you, you wear your team's jersey. Okay, you wear your team's jersey. Uh, but in this situation for the holiday, I, I don't know. I, you know, I know it's another marketing tool to to sell jerseys, uh, and they're pretty expensive these days. But I just, I, I'm more, I'm more of a traditionalist when it comes to how uniforms should look. You had Hawks, Knicks in the first game, Celtics, Bucks, Warriors, Suns, Net Lakers, and Mavericks, Jazz. I think is this the last time that we're going to see Warriors Suns now until probably the Western Conference Finals, or do they have well, another they, game on the schedule? I, they, well, they played four times now, right? So do they, they play four? Yeah. Well, they played four times. So I think that they have, I want to say, two more left because they're in the same division, if I'm not mistaken. They played earlier this month. They played on December third. Yeah. And they uh, they also played November 30th. And if I bring it up here, yeah, I don't see if they played in – they didn't play in October. So they okay, might so have one so more coming one up. More. They may have one more. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm scrolling through. But, I mean, that's that's your Western Conference Finals, right? Or they, they play again. They play March 30th. Yeah. yeah. Um, it could be. You know, you, you just never know. But there's some other teams that might pull it together. See, I, I think one of the teams that people kind of forget about in the Western Conference is Utah. You know, I think Utah's a team you better be paying attention to. I think Portland is who they are. The Lakers haven't figured it out yet. The Clippers are done. Uh, you know, Dallas, you know, they don't have anything going as far as getting deep into it. Now, they all have the ability to win two games in a series, maybe three. 
Uh, but, you know, winning four is a little harder. So, But I just don't think the other teams have stacked up at this point. Now, you have to remember, this is, this is December. The end of December, a lot of things can happen between now and then. One of those teams makes a trade deadline deal. Maybe somebody goes down with an injury or maybe COVID strikes at the wrong time on the schedule. You have a lot of different scenarios that still are in play. Your uh, your team, the Lakers, were kind of put on display on Christmas and have been uh, kind of shown <clears throat> these past few days for a lot of issues that they're uh, they're having right now. LeBron somehow in his 19th season is still putting up some crazy numbers at, at this point in his career. But a lot of focus has been on the health of Anthony Davis, which has uh, which has been hit and miss this year. No, and wait a, a lot of it's it, been hit and miss his whole career. You know, I know people are like, well, this guy seems like he's hurt a lot this year. Man, he's hurt every year. Anthony Davis doesn't play 82 games in any season. No. You know, and some guys, it's just it just works that way where they just can't get it together. Uh, and, and a lot of times it's not their fault. You know, nobody goes out to be hurt. Uh, I think you may have people question the recovery time. Well, I don't know because I'm, I haven't sustained that sort of injury. We don't know the severity of it. But it just it's unfortunate that he doesn't play as much as maybe people expect him to. Your uh, and then Russell Westbrook has kind of been uh, highlighted a lot for his play lately. He did have a triple double the other day, shooting four of twenty from the uh, from the field. Yeah, well, Russ ain't scared of a shot. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? And he's always got double doubles and rebounds because he's rebounding his own missed shot. Yeah. Uh, so and, and I just I got to tell you that that really is the biggest head scratcher. You know, when when he I wanted him there about five, six years ago. But it, you know, the one thing about Russ is he's gotta have a ball. He's gotta have a ball in order to be effective. He's not a guy that can create a situation where he gets everybody else involved if he doesn't have a ball. It, it it isn't working yet. Uh I'm not sure what they can do about it because it's not like you can trade him uh with that salary that he has. You got to find I, two other guys that match up salary wise. So and they just other guys. guys out there. So, you know, they're going to have to figure something out. You know, good coaches find a way to adjust to their talent. So Frank Vogel's got his work cut out for him. I did not realize how much he was making uh, until I, I saw kind of the, you know, the calls for trades being made and saw a, a list of who's being paid what on that Lakers team. And I did not realize that he's, is it about what, $47 million yeah, this year? he's up there. He's north of 40. I know that north of 42 uh, at least. Uh, and you know what? It's one of those things when you see guys make that kind of money, it, it's almost kind of for what they've done compared to what they're going to do. Uh, but this is a league that can afford it. You know, I, I think when you look at the guys that are making that kind of money north of 40, you know, Steph Curry's there. Uh, you got the guy in Milwaukee. Uh, Drew Holiday's making them north of 40. Uh, those guys are impactful. You know, they're on good teams. So I get that. I think what the problem with the NBA has is when you start giving max deals to, that are guys who are borderline and now all of a sudden you're stuck with them, then you can't move them. You know, Russell Westbrook is, a, is an outstanding player, never been on a legitimate winner for a consistent period of time. And that's unfortunate because he's always been the man. This gave him his best opportunity and it just isn't working right now. You know, with the NBA right now, we we talked about all the cancellations in the NHL and, and NBA has been kind of hit and miss with some of the games being postponed or moved back. And 
the uh, the rosters are just so just you know in some cases just so hurt by the uh, the COVID um, the positives on these teams that it's really hard to get a grasp of who's good right now in in the NBA and the season really starts to take shape after these Christmas games. That's when you start yeah. to kind of okay, let's get into this final, you know, stretch run of the season. We got the all-star break coming up in a few weeks, but after that, it's, you know, we're we're all all out till July. And I look at a team, you know, in the East, I've, you know, been following the Bulls a lot this year. And I don't know the last time they've had a full a full lineup, you know, a full yeah. top 8 ready to go and play and it's so hard to figure out, okay, who's good in the East? Are the Bulls the best team when we don't know who, who their top guys are? Well, here's what I think you're going to see. Uh, you mentioned after the holidays. I think we have to take this thing to, to the All-Star break to know who's really good because hopefully by then this virus would have gone through the whole league and you can get everybody back on the court healthy. Uh, now, how the virus treats everybody, you know, we've seen it treats a lot of people differently. But I think you have a better understanding of just who you have by, let's say, the All-Star break mid-February. Have you uh, have you been watching, seeing some of the tributes that have been made uh, with the Lakers and Staples Center changing names to the Crypto.com Arena? I have. Um, see, I'm a guy that goes all the way back to the forum which was one of the most fascinating buildings in sport when it was built. Then you go to Staples Center. Uh, and now, you know, it, it, like Shaq said it best, they should take the name off of because that era of Lakers did a lot of winning, just like they did at the Forum. Uh, we're waiting on this era of Lakers to, to do some winning under another name. Um, but, yeah, it's been, you know, a lot of great things have happened in that building. You think about the NBA championships. You think about – uh, the Stanley Cup championships with the Kings, uh, all the great concerts and all the great events that have taken place in that building known as the Staples Center. Uh, I can see why there would be a tribute, but I got I, news for you. This I don't crypto, get it. I don't. It's the same building. Yeah, but you know what? There's something about that building that it's kind of a statement on where they're headed. And, you know, they paid an incredible amount of money for the naming rights. I mean, most people had never heard of this company. All right. Uh, and really, to be honest with you, most people had never heard of Staples, you know, as far as an office product uh, center. So no, you know, it, kids nowadays, not, if you're in your 20s nowadays, you have no idea what Staples was. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, it has its place. It has its place in sports lore. I don't Hey, You know what? The Blues could have held a lot of those ceremonies if they would have uh, done that every time they've changed names of that, well, that place see. over the last few years. They would have, the Keel Center, Savas. What were they? What else were they? Was it was uh, yeah, there were some other ones. It was no, uh, before it was, was it was Keel Center, Savage Center, and something before Enterprise. It was something before, yeah, it was something before Enterprise. It was, it was oh, I'm drawing a blank out of here. I got the whole list up here right now. It was so they went uh, first off, it was Keel, Savage, Scott Trade, and that, Scott then it Trade, was, that's uh, it, yeah. Scott Trade, yeah, yeah. So it's been it's gone under four uh, four name changes. Well, you know they're following the money, man. I mean, this naming rights thing is fascinating to see what a building can command. And you know how I am about name. You know they didn't pay me to call them that, so I just they're playing out in L.A. You know, so it's it's a different setup. 
it's a different setup than what we've been accustomed to. It is. And what was, I, I know, you know, that some of those, they, they pay the money and there's still people that are going to, you know, nobody in LA is going to say we're going to the crypto center. They're, they're still, well, Hey, meet you in front of Staples. It's just like over in Kansas city. They, they slapped a name on in front of a call Arrowhead in front of Arrowhead. It's always going to be Arrowhead to me. Yeah. Okay. So, um, again, when they pay me to start saying it, I'll try and remember it better. All right. <laughs> All right. Hey, we are going to take one more break here. Um, and when we come back, wrap things up with some college talk hoops and on the uh, and football, what's left of whatever the football schedule is yeah. in college hoops. And we'll be back right after this. It is lunch with Klaibs and Joe powered by Amron, Illinois, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and sponsored by this man. You know, the only thing faster than this supersonic golf cart are the closing times at thehomeloanexpert.com. Mortgage rates on the twos, and we have a 21-day closing guarantee. Apply online today at thehomeloanexpert.com. So, Klaibs, back on uh, the uh, the 22nd, what were you locked in watching? Was it Mizzou football or Mizzou basketball? Uh, I watched Mizzou football. Uh, they held, I, they, I, I they stayed close it. in that one. Well, they, you know what, though? Uh, they held close, probably were in a position to win that game. I mean, they didn't have Doc Blanchard running the football for Army. Okay, they're a good team, but they didn't play the competition that Missouri played. Uh, Missouri kind of beat themselves a little bit in certain areas. Uh, but, you know, it was it was a competitive game, okay? It, it's what you expect from a 500-football team. What uh, is the your basketball take? thing is, was just a disaster. Um, I don't know how you fix that. What is your take on uh, on Drinkwitz telling player he him deciding that players were going to sit out just for the uh, for their future? I had no problem with it at all. Um, there's a lot at stake for these young people who have a chance to play at the next level, and I I, I wonder though if maybe they were playing in a more significant bowl, how things would have changed for both player and coach. Uh, you know, you, you got some situations now around college, like Hawaii bailed out of their own backyard game. They said, well, you know, we got COVID. Yeah. They got nine guys going to transfer portal too. And four of them were starters. So you, you got a lot of reasons on why you don't play guys, but I, I thought, uh, it was the right move. Now here's the question I think we're going to have to deal with. Players have now become more cognizant of what happens after that last game. And the fact is, is it worth it to them to get a bag of swag and be on a winning team in that situation and win your last game in college compared to running the risk of an injury? Uh, the recovery time between that bowl game and the combine, they keep, you know, that that could have an impact, too. Uh, so it, it's going to be a question we're going to wrestle with a little bit more, along with do we need to tweak the transfer portal? I mean, I, I'm a Go out on a limb now. I bet we have a minimum three hundred kids that are going to be in the, in the transfer portal for for football alone. Yeah, easily. Uh, and I don't know if that's good for the game. Uh, I don't know if it's good for the player. Now it, it's good for certain players. I and mean, we talked about the name and likeness thing, where you know you can go to Missouri for a year and leave and go somewhere else, and somebody else will pay you a lot of money. Uh, so there's a lot of things that go into that. But I think from a continuity standpoint, it is certainly made the game uneven. 
Yeah, and I I think from a fan standpoint, if you're if you're not diehard to a team, or maybe if you are, to it, it's kind of like free agency now. So not yeah. only do you have not only do you have signing day to get these players, now you kind of get to see who you have coming in for that transfer portal. And in many cases, it was a guy who didn't work out. You're not getting some guy who was a stud for a team. You're getting a guy that you know he's trying to get a second chance. Well, in, in some, some cases, cases. or some yeah, cases. or he's upset that the coach left. Yeah, and you know, so I think it's a case by case. But I will say this: uh, if you don't have an assistant or a quality control person on your staff in college football and college basketball, you're gonna miss the boat because you have to have a guy that's solely dedicated to finding out who these players are. Can they play? Did they have character issues? Uh, can we get them on the field right off the bat? And how do we? you know, fill a void, you know, and we talked about this the other day about the Missouri quarterback situation. We knew at least one was going to leave. And I'm not sure if they won't lose another one before this is over with, with regard to horn coming in. So now the competition will be between cook horn and uh, the young man from East St. Louis. You know, I, I just think that, you know, be careful for what you wish for. And, and you're always recruiting now, even when you think a guy's out of your system, uh, you just never know how he can show up in return. So uh, it, it's going to be really a, an interesting next two, three years, unless they step in and tweak it in some way, shape, or form. And I don't know how you do that with the toothpaste already out of the tube. On Friday, uh, we have the two games for the college football playoffs, which normally I am a huge fan of these games being played on New Year's Eve. I, I think it gives you something to watch on New Year's Eve. Uh, as opposed to just New Year's Day when all the other games are. But with it being on a Friday this year, I am a little surprised that college football is going with these games on Friday afternoon and Friday evening instead of on Saturday when college games usually uh, dominate the schedule. Yeah, but, but you got the whole day to yourself, though. I mean, You do. I think that's the key. They want to get maximum exposure. I don't think they want to have those games going up against the games that are going to be played before that where people are like, oh, man, another game. Uh, so I, I, I like the concept because it's all yours, you, you know, hopefully you can get everybody there. And that's the thing is now you have all of these issues with teams testing positive and dropping out of games. We're seeing it all over the place now where teams are looking for opponents and there's other teams trying to figure out if they have enough guys for games. For example, the Arizona bowl that Boise state is in there are reports saying that Boise might not have enough players for that game this week, this week, but if they can get everybody healthy, they might be able to go play in the sun bowl in El Paso later this week. So maybe shifting to a different bowl game to fill a gap that's being left by another team where they have, they came out with the rules. There's going to be no in-person media at these two college football playoff games, the Cincinnati Bama game, Georgia, Michigan, they are going to allow teams to fly in the day before if they want. So they don't have to be around and they can just fly in, go play and be done with that. And if they can't play, they forfeit. Team moves on. There's there's not going to be that. I tell you what, if I'm Notre Dame and I'm the AD there, I'm giving a call and I'm saying, hey, if we pull out of this game, if we pull out there in what the Fiesta Bowl, can we sit back and wait for one of those teams to drop out and take their spot? Now you're messing you, up the whole process. The domino theory comes into play. Now Fiesta Bowl's light. And then all of a sudden, somebody's going to play a team that's not prepared. 
you know, I know Brett Bielman was trying to get, uh, lobby for Illinois to get in one of these bowl games. And does Brett Bielman realize that his players haven't had any sort of live contact or played in the game in almost a month? I mean, you, nobody's taking that into account. You just can't have guys, hey, let's just go out and do our thing. We'll just show up and have some fun. That, that's a good way to get hurt. And if right. I if I was a senior, just like you talked about with Beatty, there's not a chance in hell I'd be going to, going to one of these games. So I don't no. know who he's taking. But if you're Notre Dame, I mean, you don't need the money if you're Notre Dame. You don't need that money from the Fiesta Bowl. Wouldn't you rather hang out and wait and see what could happen and take that chance to have that national prominence of winning or being in that in that Final Four instead of just being in the, some random Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma State? But here's the question. How do you know your team is going to be able to play? That's you just you lock them up and take yeah. hide them away. Uh, see, I again, I, I just think that we're, we're trying to figure this out as we go because we don't have another choice. But uh, you know, I, I think if you have a lane to swim in, you ought to stay in that lane. They're trying to enhance your situation now, uh, logistically, and just everything else that comes with it. Man, you're you're, you're asking for trouble. I'm, I'm trying to say, and I know there's a game on right now, actually, Western Michigan and Nevada is playing now in the quick lane bowl. And uh, I, I have not seen the list of games that have been canceled yet. So I, I haven't seen uh, that, but what Rutgers ended up taking that, uh, that spot in the, in the Gator bowl, right? So they, mm -hmm. they're, they're playing Wake Forest in uh in that and then on top of that you have college basketball which continues to get hit hard i know duke has canceled a few of their games uh coming up one of those being in notre dame later this week so uh, they uh college basketball also having a cancellation yeah due to COVID. I, I think that college basketball is going to really be in a tough spot um they may have to go the route of what the nba has tried to prescribe as far as their testing procedure and and trying to find players. Now, the, the problem is the NBA, they can go anywhere and find players, okay? I mean, they can go, you know, G League, pickup league, you know, guys who are retired, college. You know, you just don't have that 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 wealth of, of players available to you. So, you know, you put if you can dress out eight, I guess if you dress out eight, it may be a manager somewhere in between. But, you know, I think from a talent standpoint, it's going to suffer – it's going to suffer severely. Isn't the didn't college basketball come out with the rule? What was it six and one? If you had six players, or was it seven players and one coach? I think it's seven and one. Yeah. So somebody's getting a lot of playing time. Yeah, and somebody's going to get hurt too, because that seventh guy may not be a good player. Now he may be on college basketball. Well, you know, it's not that easy. If it, if it was that easy, everybody'd be doing. It. If it was that easy, more managers, team managers would be playing. So there's a lot of things that come with this that we need to take into account. Um, a lot of guys physically may not be in a position. The talent level is certainly going to suffer. And just the whole aura of, hey, I better go to class as well, along with the other things that come with being a student. Uh, it, it, they're asking a lot. I, I think everybody's just going to hold their breath and hopefully they can get through it, which leads me to this. You think that they can weather this storm where we can actually have the tournament in a manner that we've been accustomed to. They'll figure out a way to get 64 teams in there. Well, yeah, they better have some on standby too. Yeah. Because, but but by then you would hope by March yeah. you would have this situation a little bit better under control. 
the the big issue is going to be i mean you know being a having a kid in grade school right now this is my big concern to where next week when he goes back to school you're going to have all of these teachers and other kids in class who have been around other family members or traveling this whole time what's going to happen in college sports like a college basketball is going to be mid to late january when all the students start coming back onto campus and you get the spread of whatever they have been around. Because right yeah. now you can isolate some of these players in in their little groups and your little tournaments or whatever. But when they're going back home and that bubble there there is, I mean, it's non-existent. You're just expanding all the people that you've been with. That's when all the positive tests are going to start to roll out. Well, here's what I think you also have to take into account. If you can have a virtual class, if you can take a virtual class, mm-hmm. you might be better off doing that. And I know there's some universities that are already going back to virtual this next semester, or at least for the next few weeks. To start, yeah. Yeah. So if you are an advisor, you're the team advisor, you might say, boys, let's, girls, let's find some virtual classes and see where it goes or see if it's offered. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's something they may have to take into account. And then, you know what? You, you have to do another thing. You have to have luck and you have to use some common sense on where you, what you, what your do's and don'ts are. Uh, but they're college kids. So who knows what's going to happen next week. We'll see where, uh, where everything falls for our first show of 2022 claims. What do you have planned for this week for claims online? Well, a little huddle up with Howard. We're going to do that hopefully tomorrow and uh, kind of address some of the things we talked about today, maybe at more length. Uh, Kevin weeks. Uh, we're hoping to get him on this week as we get this NHL season started up again and, Take that into the weekend of hockey. The Blues are going to be playing in the uh, the Winter Classic on TNT. That comes up on uh, Saturday. So uh, hopefully we'll have somebody from TNT as well. Sounds good. Look forward to it as we wrap up 2021 and head into 2022 this week here on ClabesOnline.com. I am Joe Roderick. He is Mike Claiborne. We have been powered by Ameren, Illinois, driven by Munganash St. Louis Acura and sponsored by Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert. Find him online at thehomeloanexpert.com. That'll do it for today's show. We'll see you next year. Every day, Ameren, Illinois works to deliver reliable energy throughout the state to on-the-go families, in-the-know grandparents, and busy students. But did you know we also have ways to manage your energy? Paperless billing, outage notifications, pick a due date, auto pay, and so much more. So no matter who you are or how you use your energy, there's an option that's right for you. Learn more at AmarinIllinois.com slash options.